0: This is Self-Awareness for Everyone, a weekly journey into applied guidance for mindfulness. I'm your host, MJ Bleehart, storyteller, author, creative, and lifelong learner. I'll be your guide through conscious reality creation, simple mindfulness tools available to everyone to empower greater control of life's experiences and other applications of unselfish self-awareness. This week's episode How do you change and or break habits? Habits are sometimes very, very easy to define and other times kind of elusive. Lots and lots of things fall under the category of habits, but all habits have a couple of things in common. They are done by rote and routine. They are generally done subconsciously, and they feel like they just simply are and often always have been. This frequently includes really small things like brushing your teeth, combing your hair, walking your dog, feeding your cat, taking out the garbage, things of that nature. Things that you do by habit, but that you don't necessarily call a habit. Often, what people think of when you talk about habits are things like smoking, drinking, chewing your fingernails, all sorts of other things that seem to be bigger, that are created for some purpose or other, that can be often good, but also bad. It all depends. Habits, no matter what form they take, take time and effort to be made, changed, and or broken. Breaking and changing them frequently takes a great deal of conscious effort, which we'll get into going forward here. Part of the problem in this is that a lot of things that are Habits we don't identify necessarily as habits. A perfect example of this is eating. Most of us just eat. You don't think about it, you don't give it all that much thought, you just eat. Oftentimes, you do so when you're hungry because you need to fuel your body. But there are also times when you'll eat because you're stressed, or bored, or lonely, or just not thinking, and in order to do something with your hands, you find yourself preparing and eating. Food. This can become a habit that doesn't necessarily serve you, especially when you find yourself doing it at a time that it's not making your life better. Perfect example, eating while stressed. Eating while stressed doesn't do any of us any good whatsoever. It's a great way to add weight to ourselves. Habits such as this are a lot more challenging to break because they're more challenging to recognize, And a lot of times when it comes to these, we seek the quick fix in order to alleviate them. Quick fixes are things that you do ridiculously fast to make a change. All of them tend to involve something like a pill or a program or some combination therein specifically designed to change a habit. Take smoking. Lots of people, in order to quit smoking, will chew the gum, or use the patch, or do something of that nature as a quick fix. Because they can't handle the true quick fix, which is still not quick, and that's quitting cold turkey. That's another story. When it comes to habits, changing them generally doesn't work via quick fixes. Why? Because quick fixes generally aren't realistic fixes. They don't Truly alter things. They're of the moment. They work temporarily, but they don't work in the long term because they don't address the deep issues. And in the case of habits, they don't address how the habit was formed. The other problem when it comes to habits and quick fixes is that habits are complex, they are multifaceted, and it took time for them to be built in the first place. You never instantly form a habit. A habit is the product of rote, routine, and constant action, which you practice again and again and eventually turn into a habit. The more you do it, the more routine it becomes, and thus the more habitual. Habits are formed via repetition, and that's why it takes time to until it becomes a subconscious act. And that amount of time can vary. It might be days, it might be weeks, it could be months, it could even be years for you to form a habit. And the trick to quick fixes is that they don't address how long it took to form the habit. Rome wasn't built in a day. Ergo, you can't just instantly change something that you've been repeating for years and years and years, or that took you years and years and years to build. And this is where we get into mindfulness. Consciously acting to change or break habits requires mindfulness, and specifically, action, effort. But before we dig into this, I want to talk about something also important, which is there is and should be a reason, a why, that you desire to make the effort to break or change a habit. Identifying the why is going to provide you with the impetus to expend whatever effort it's going to take in order to change or break a given habit. This is going to require intention and action, but identifying the why beforehand is vastly important. Why did you form a given habit? Some habits are completely innocuous. They just form. They're things that you do, or you form them because they're healthy. Brushing your teeth is a perfect example of this. You brush your teeth and you make it habitual so that you do it all the time with little to no thought. But the how can change. Some people brush their teeth quickly. It's done in 30 seconds and that's it. Other people expend greater effort and they floss and they use mouthwash and they take their time and really do a thorough job each time. Same thing, different habits. And they are changeable because pretty much every habit that you have can be changed, but you need to know why you have this habit in the first place in order to begin the process of changing it. To gain conscious awareness, you need to recognize what you're thinking, what and how you're feeling, what intentions you have and the actions that you are or aren't doing. Conscious awareness self-awareness. Hey, that ties into the title. Conscious awareness is where mindfulness comes into play. But I've recently come across this idea that there's a slight variation between conscious awareness in and of itself and mindfulness. Conscious awareness can be passive. You can be vaguely, generally aware here and now of your conscious thoughts, feelings, actions, and intentions. Mindfulness, however, isn't passive. It's active. Mindfulness employs steps in order to identify what you're thinking, what and how you're feeling, what your intentions are, and what actions you are or aren't taking. This will all play into the who, what, why, where, and how of you. And When you start to use mindfulness, it takes conscious awareness the next step and opens the way for you to not just change and control your life experience, but to work with things buried in your subconscious. This is important because habits, once formed, take root in your subconscious mind. We've talked about this before, but I want to bring it back to your attention now. There are two minds that everybody works with, the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. The conscious mind is conscious awareness, whether passive or active, of your current, present, in-the-moment mindset, headspace, psyche, self. This is when you ask and answer questions like, what am I feeling, and everything like that. The subconscious mind, on the other hand, is only accessible via the conscious mind and via active mindfulness practices. But the subconscious mind is where your beliefs, your values, and your habits live. The reason that they're in your subconscious mind is because they are not directly accessed, but they're put there so they can be accessed, usually passively. Habits tend to be passive actions. You don't give them all that much thought. You don't put all that much energy behind them. You just do them. Because they're passive, they're subconscious. And yes, I talked a moment before about a passive version of mindfulness. And that is the half check in with your conscious awareness here and now. This varies from your subconscious because your subconscious mind is always on the go in the background. Think of your subconscious mind in terms of a computer. Your subconscious mind is the operating system. If you don't turn your computer off at night and you just let it go into sleep mode, it's still operating. You're running it still, and that is your subconscious mind. Your conscious mind is when you open up a program and start working within it. This is a choice. Habits are part of the subconscious, and that's why it requires consciousness in order to find, change, and or break any habit that you have. So let's talk about the work that goes into breaking and or changing habits. The first step in that work is self-awareness of the habit in question. You need to not just know that there's a habit. You need to know what it is. You need to know why it is, and you need to recognize and acknowledge it for what it is and the impact it has on you. You need to be consciously aware, specifically mindful because this needs to be active, of what the habit is, what triggers it, and the impact it has on you when you employ the given habit. Take smoking as an example here. People who smoke habitually do so often to calm down, to relax, to clear their mind, and various things can trigger it. A lot of my friends who've been passive smokers smoke when they drink. Alcohol is thus the trigger for them to smoke. Now, because I'm a non-smoker and have always been a non-smoker, I can't get into the deep motivations of this concept. All I can talk about are the vagaries of this particular habit. But all habits work the same way, no matter what they are. You need to be able to identify the habit and know what it is in order to Make any change to it or break it if it's a habit you don't desire to hold anymore. For this week's Applied Guidance for Mindfulness tool, just looking ahead, we are going to talk about how you can identify given habits. But skipping that part for now, it takes perseverance if you're going to decide that you want to change, break, and or build new habits. Recognizing and acknowledging this can seldom be easy. And a lot of the times you'll come across habits that are just deeply buried in your subconscious. You might not even realize what you're doing is a habit. I've used this example before because it's been a big part of my life, which is I chewed my fingernails regularly for about 40 years. I just constantly didn't think about it. It became a habit when I was nervous, when I was bored, when I was driving, when I was lost in deep thought. Take your pick. And the thing is, I didn't even know I was doing it. And often somebody who knew to stop me would smack me when I was chewing on my nails because I didn't even know I was doing it. I just was. It was a habit that became so ingrained, so buried inside my subconscious that I just didn't give it even the slightest amount of thought. This is common when it comes to habits. And that's why they are part of the subconscious, just like beliefs, And values. That's why I've always lumped them together because they are something that you don't actively recognize or work with. Recognizing and acknowledging just how much work it's going to take when you decide that you want to change and or break a habit or even build a new habit is going to make it a lot easier to roll with the punches when the unexpected happens along the way of changing, breaking, or making a new habit. What am I talking about when I talk about obstacles? There are lots of factors out there over which we have absolutely no control whatsoever. Other people, the environment, situations, random happenstance, certain circumstances. I mean, things just happen outside of us over which we have zero control. And that's normal. That's nothing weird. It's not strange. But when you recognize that these things can interfere with conscious awareness and active mindfulness, it makes it a lot easier to not lose yourself when things get in the way of breaking a habit. Again, we're going to go back to quitting smoking. Lots of people I know who quit found themselves occasionally slipping up and smoking. Something triggered it. Something caused them to go back to it. Some people spiral away from here, and they just completely give up trying to change the habit. But most people who are serious about wanting to cease this particular habit will pause and go, yep, I goofed. I'm going to take a breath. I'm going to forgive myself. And I'm going to give it another go. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about identifying just how much work this can take, recognizing and acknowledging that it's seldom easy, and forgiving yourself because you're going to slip up because things are going to slip through the cracks that are going to make changing or breaking a given habit that much more difficult. Congratulations, you're only human. All right, let's get into this week's applied guidance for mindfulness tool. As I mentioned earlier, identifying specific habits is how you can better know yourself as well as your self-awareness overall. Identifying a habit is something we often don't think about because, since they're habitual, they are rote, they are routine, and they are buried deep within our subconscious minds. Whether you have a desire to change and or break a habit, knowing what your habits are can be extremely useful. This is because change is the one and only constant in the universe. And sometimes those random happenstances or freak occurrences or whatever else happens along the way that you didn't expect might force you to need to change a habit or maybe present you an opportunity that makes you go, ooh, that habit's got to go. I don't like it. So let's talk about what it takes to identify a habit. Straight to the point, identifying a habit takes mindfulness. This is a process that can be done in five steps. They are as follows. Step one, pick a time to be alone and uninterrupted for five minutes. Step two, spend one to two minutes breathing deeply in order to center and focus yourself. Step three, think about things that you do by rote and routine, these can be big or small, they can seem insignificant, but they can include all sorts of things like I've mentioned before, brushing your teeth, drinking your morning coffee, chewing your fingernails, smoking, journaling, writing what you're grateful for, and anything else that you do routinely and automatically with little or no thought, big or small. If it's something that you are pretty sure is a habit, that's worth identifying. Which brings us to step four. Step four. Write down what you come up with. Write out your habits. Look at them and really get to know, okay, these are my habits. All you need to do here is just write down what you come up with. Which brings us to step five. Mark down if you think that the habit is good, bad, or neutral. This is not a matter of judgment per se. This is a matter of looking at a habit and giving it some thought of, Does this make me feel good? Does it make me feel bad? Is it something I'm proud of or something I'm ashamed of? That's how you're going to be able to tell if it's a good habit, a bad habit, or a neutral habit. And in this way, you get a clear picture of your habits. Now, you might desire to do this more than once. In fact, I'm almost sure you're going to need to do this more than once for several reasons. One in particular is that we have a lot of habits. Some are just so ingrained and just so there and not even thought about. So taking the time to really analyze this might be a more than one time process. Also, because of course change is the one and only constant in the entire universe, your habits will change and you might form new habits completely subconsciously, identifying them is important, especially if you find that along the way, you want to change and or break any given habits. To change and break them, you need to know them. Thank you for joining me for this week's Self-Awareness for Everyone. I hope that you've enjoyed this exploration of applied guidance for mindfulness, conscious reality creation, and working with other tools for optimizing your life experience. If you have any questions or comments, please email me at author at You can also follow me on social media via Instagram at mjbleehart, on TikTok at mjbleehart72, and on Facebook at bleehartmj. Thank you to the Pink Kangaroo Podcast Network for hosting my show. Thank you to fi Mahoney. She's the creator of my original cover art, please take a moment to view her art and other really cool things in her Etsy shop at Talia's Inspirations. Please pay a visit to my blogs, The Ramblings of the Titanium Dawn at titaniumdawn.com, as well as at mjbleehart.medium.com, and my ever-growing number of published sci-fi and fantasy novels over on Amazon. I hope that you're discovering how self-awareness works hand in hand with mindfulness and can be applied to improve not only your life experience, but potentially that of the people around you. Be kind, compassionate, and your own self-aware creator, whatever form that takes. And please be mindful that you are worthy and deserving of being the best you that you can be. Namaste.